Welcome to Infinity Nerd, your podcast for all things nerdy in film or TV. I'm your host, Mike Smith, and joining me today is Nikki Smith. Hi. Ashton Haddon. Hi. And Marissa Carter. Hi. And today we're here to discuss the latest from the DC Extended Universe, Shazam. This will be spoiler-free for the first part, and then we'll be opening it up to spoilers at the end. So if you want to go into the movie without spoilers, we'll let you know when that will begin, so you'll know when it's time to exit. Then you can go see the movie, and then come back to finish the episode. So let's jump right into our spoiler-free section. The first thing I would like to talk about is, um, obviously, like I said, it's the DC Extended Universe. This is the seventh film of the franchise. Um, it was directed by David F. Sandberg, and its budget was only between 80 to $100 million, which is very low budget for a superhero film, as most of them have about a $200 million budget on average. Um, it's definitely the lowest budget for the DCEU. It stars Asher Angel and Zachary Levi as Billy Batson slash Shazam, Jack Dylan Grazer as Freddy, and Mark Strong as Dr. Thaddeus Savannah. So some of our talking points we want to go over is just general impressions. Um, and I'll go ahead and start. I feel like the movie was very light, which is very opposite of what DC has been known for in their films of late. Um, it's almost like this year they went backwards, where Endgame is all dark and serious like DC, and then this is all light-hearted like Marvel usually is. It's kind of they switched it, the genres or tones a little bit. Uh, but I thought the movie was funny, light, didn't take itself too seriously, and it's breath of fresh air that I felt like DC really needed. Uh, what about you, Nikki? Yeah, I definitely agree. I think that uh, it was actually really funny. Really like what you said. Okay. Ashton? I agree, too. I agree that it was a light, and it was a different change, I guess you could say, for the DC universe, definitely. And I was excited for it, just based off the trailer, and I didn't really know anything going into it based off of the comics. Yeah. Marissa? I think it was really easy to follow the way that they went about it. It was their version of Deadpool, but I think they actually did a better job, to be honest. I liked Shazam better than I did Deadpool. It's definitely more kid-friendly, and it had... They weren't trying to prove as much of a point as I feel they did when they made Deadpool. Yeah, well, I think both Deadpool and um, Shazam, will go to that talking point, is that they're both really refreshing because it's not the end of the world and someone has to save it. Deadpool was just trying to save his girlfriend. Shazam is just trying to figure out who he is and who his family is in this in this world. And then a bad guy shows up. And it's not quite the end of the world, but they do have some stakes, of course. Uh, but it's definitely refreshing like Deadpool, in my opinion, where it was just something completely new, something kind of unprecedented. So the tone of the film versus other DC films we've already kind of covered, it's very light. It's the lightest film that DC has come out with. As far as the movie went, there were so many heartfelt moments while it was keeping light, while it was keeping fun, and it's very family-friendly. Like, this is something I would take my kids to go see. With the heartfelt moments that were going on with the family setting and the storyline behind it, which we won't get into because it's it's not that spoiler territory, but it, it really had heart throughout the whole thing. And it really, when they were trying to promote the movie, they said it was a lot like Big with superpowers, and it really felt like Big with superpowers. Definitely. Uh, definitely set for the modern audience. It didn't feel like they were trying to steal from Big, but they, they definitely had some homages to it. There was a lot of DC references in the film as well. There were some Batman toys. The kid had a Batarang. And this is all stuff from the trailer, so this isn't spoilers. Um, he even had, I think, like an Aquaman shirt on at some point. So, I mean, there's a lot of things in there that he had. And I think he had some, like a billboard that had a bunch, or not billboard, but like on his little uh, desk, he had a bunch of little clippings of news articles mm -hmm. about superheroes. What did you guys think of the DC references specifically? 
I like them. I mean, it, it has to do with the same universe, so I feel like it was perfect for them to add it. They kept it really fresh. It was almost more realistic than when you reference other superheroes in another superhero film. It was almost like from a fangirl's perspective, you know, it's these kids, they're geeking out. They, you know, they idolize these people. Yeah, 100%. Nikki, did you have anything you want to add to that? I think that they didn't end up like forced. It didn't feel forced. Like it didn't feel as though they were trying to put it down your throat as far as like bringing forth other themes. Themes, yeah, and like the characters when you did see them throughout the movie, it didn't seem like it was, oh, this is because it's a DC film. It just felt like normal Natural. because that was his personality as a yeah. kid. Yeah, and actually. Um, <laughs> on that we'll actually jump to casting is Zachary Levi on this point for me what you're saying Nikki is him and Asher Angel played Billy Batson almost in synchronization like Perfect. it was like like Zachary Levi was born for this role he was born to play a 14 year old boy in a man's body and I think that's because he's a child at heart yes. and, and I mean we've met him a couple times and he's always just been very kind and very light mm -hmm. as a person and you could just see that um, come through in the big screen I really liked the Philadelphia setting, because a lot of superhero films are either set in like California or New York is a big one. I mean, how many times have even in the Avengers films have we been to New York a lot. for a battle? And it seems like we're gonna be even going back there in Endgame based off of the trailers. So it's it's something that I like that they went somewhere that's big and popular, and they were able to do a few references of other popular movies that we'll talk about a little bit later in the talking of points of spoilers. What do you guys think of his costume? I didn't like it. I felt like it made him look really inflated, fake in a yeah. way, and I didn't like it. But going in to see the film, I felt like it brought it more to life. Well, I think that what they were going for is they're trying to go for someone who's superhuman, and so they want to make him look as big as possible. And I know that Zachary Levi actually bulked up quite a bit. Yeah, he did. Um, I don't think he's filling out the entirety of the suit. Definitely I'm pretty, not. It seems like there's some padding. All right, the next thing I want to talk about is the fact that their Rotten Tomato score was 94% when I had taken this information from their site, which is the highest of the DCEU. This is the movie with the lowest budget and the highest review score. The only other one that had a really high score was Wonder Woman, and I think that was in the 90s. Even the one that had uh, has made the most of the box office, which was Aquaman, had one of the more median scores, which is about 60-something percent. So for this to be 94%, being the highest rated film of the whole DCEU with the lowest budget, how do you guys think that'll impact on the future films of the DCEU? I think they'll try to make more films with a low budget more often because if they can tell how well this film is doing and it was low budget, why not make more and see if it will try and do the same? Do you think they're going to try to carry over the tone, like the lighter tone of it? In, into the Maybe future? in some films, but not every film they put out, I don't think. Yeah, like Wonder Woman might still be gritty. I think that they'll try to do it a lot lighter, more comedy. You know, with Avengers, with it having more comedy in it has helped the ratings a lot with their films. And I think with having more films that are like Shazam, where it's more light, more family-friendly, comedy in it helped a lot with the rating, I think. Well, and I, I think that they are going to move forward being a little bit more light, more family-friendly, because you're going to want to take your kids to go see Avengers, or you're going to want your kids to go see Justice League. I mean, me as a father, I want to, but when I was re recently re-watching Batman vs. Superman, there's a lot of moments in there. I'm like, I don't know if I'd want my kids to watch this. This is really dark. This is really... Which is great as an adult. Yeah. 
But I think this is part of why the DCEU has not been nearly as a success as the MCU has for Marvel because of the fact that Marvel produces family films that are fun, light, and they have their moments of darkness, but they know when to pull it back. They know when to push it forward. They know what they're doing. They're not too much with it. Yeah, they're not too much with it, whereas DC was super dark. And normally I'm okay with that, but again, when you're looking at it from a family standpoint, where Shazam is now probably the most family-friendly superhero film almost ever, I would say, arguably. And it did have a few dark moments even in Shazam, but I didn't feel like there anything my kids couldn't handle. And my kids are eight and five. Um, as far as that goes, that's going to be almost the conclusion of our non-spoiler. The last thing I do want to point out, and this isn't really a topic, but just to let you listeners know if you haven't seen the movie, there are two post-credit scenes. Um, I'm not going to spoil them here for you. We're going to talk about that in the next portion. But just be aware that way if you go see the film, you know what to expect. So the next part we're going to talk about is the spoilers. So if you haven't seen the movie, be warned, going forward, this is spoilers. So the main plot is about Billy Batson, who goes and uh, basically gets put into this foster home as he's actively searching for his mother, who he hasn't seen, he knows her name, and he's been looking in police records and everything like that to try to find her, which is really part one of the main heart felt moments of the movie is his search for her and the conclusion of that, which we'll talk about in a moment. What did you guys think of the overall plot? Pretty balanced between slow and fast going. I feel like there were some parts where it was the perfect amount of speed and then the other parts were like slower, but I felt like it all came together in the end and it was pretty good overall. Especially with, I think, the superhero moments where like he first gets the powers and it's interesting at that point, but it slows down in a way. Definitely. But it's always an interesting thing because you're like, well, what can this character do? Especially someone who's not as well known like Superman. Everyone knows all of his powers. But with Shazam, we don't really know anything about him because he's not a mainstream character the same way. And I think this movie is going to change that. Well, I like how they stuck with the whole uh, kid thing as far as him being a 14-year-old boy becoming a superhero. Well, he didn't become an adult. Yes, body form, but his personality did not change. He ended up being... 14 still ended up being still a child well that actually makes me think of one of my favorite moments in the movie is when they're in the the convenience store before the robbers show up and he's like i'd like to have your finest beer please or whatever he says i'm paraphrasing but and then they drink it and they just spit it out i thought that was so funny and then they go back in there and you see him come out with pop and like candy the one thing i want to talk about that to me was a really big point was the shazam family which is something from the comics you know you have for those of you who don't know, Shazam used to be called Captain Marvel before they lost the rights to the name, and of course Marvel picked that up. So if you hear anything that says Captain Marvel or Miss Marvel, that's what we're talking about. Uh, so, like for example, Freddy, the crippled boy, when he turns into a superhero, um, he becomes known as Captain Marvel Jr. in the comics. And I thought it was really cool that each person of the family had a different power. Like one was super fast, one had lightning, one had strength. Uh, what did you guys think of their inclusion to this very first film? I loved it. I thought it was a great scene in general to add to the film. It tied together the storyline really well because in the beginning, all he keeps talking about is how their whole empire has fallen, how their whole their whole world, all their powers, everything's going to be lost because he's the last one, because he lost his family. Mm-hmm. And so not only did it bring together the, the family ties in in the kid's life, in his personal life, but in the plot of the story as well. 
Yeah. I thought it was a very unexpected thing. Like, I didn't really know about the Shazam family, but even if I had known, I wouldn't expect them to put it in the first movie. Like, I would expect that to be something from the second or even a third film. Um, so I was really surprised to see them do that in the first one. I thought it was also really great that here this bad guy is wanting all this power and he ended up giving this choice on what to do and he couldn't responsibility yeah like responsibility to take on this by himself and this bad guy is sitting there telling him no give me your power mm -hmm. now you have no choice i have your family i have everything you know right here ready to be destroyed if you don't do this and he ends up saying you know what no you know i'm gonna go ahead and let my real family and that's when he kind of determines that was his family by giving him those powers and saying i'm not gonna take this on just by me because i know that my family wants to help me and be there for me and this is the way that they can do that and well and to fight the seven sins or evils whatever they right. were called yeah i mean he was outnumbered big time right so by having that and i think that was a really good point what you brought up I think it's going to be really funny to see, or really interesting to see, the Shazam family going forward. Because you know this movie's going to make a sequel. With Definitely. the review it's gotten and the budget, it's just a no-brainer. In fact, they've already hired the same guy who wrote the first movie to write the second one. And they haven't confirmed they're even working on it, but they did kind of announce that he's working on a sequel. I think it's going to be really interesting to see the Shazam family now that everyone in the family knows but the parents. I think it's going to be a lot of shenanigans with the little kids using super speed to get away with certain things, to get away with fun things. I think they're going to have a lot of fun with that next movie, so it won't feel like it's Shazam 1 repeated again. Um, I did like that each of the members had different powers, like I said, with one of them having the lightning and one of them having speed. So. Uh, for me, I was really happy to see that happen. And I was actually really surprised at some of the actors that they chose for the grown-up versions. Like, they had a guy from 13 Reasons Why. They had... The OC. Um, yeah, Adam Brody from the OC, who I actually... It was funny, because halfway through the movie, I was thinking that Jack Dylan Grazer, who plays as Freddy, looked like Adam Brody. I kept thinking that throughout the movie, like, with his hair and his face and his manners. The casting in general was just... Perfect. Yeah, the casting was spot on on every single actor. I, I mean, I think the bad guy did it well. I think the good guy was great. I think that all the kids that they played, even the little girl was adorable. Oh, yes. Um, and then they had them as adults, and then you had Adam Brody come in, and it's like, perfect. That's perfect casting. So the next thing I want to talk about is some of the references that they had to other movies, not just DC. Uh, the first one was big, like we talked about already. Big was kind of one of the inspirations it seemed like they took from. And they had the keyboard scene in the store. And at first I was like, they're not going to dance like they did in the in the scene from Big. And sure enough, they don't. The guy just like shoves him. But you see the keyboard <laughs> and it kind of pauses and you think that for a moment. So I'm glad they didn't well, do something silly like that. played a little bit on it. Like right. Just As he was running towards yeah. <laughs> him. And then the other big reference I liked was, or not big reference, the other major reference I should say, is the Rocky reference. When he is standing on top of the steps that Rocky is, he's like, oh, I can see why you'd want to run all those miles to get up here, again, paraphrasing. And then he's, you know, doing the uh, the Eye of the Tiger song with his lightning. Yeah, that was awesome. And <laughs> on top of those steps to get money, and I thought that was great. The next thing I want to talk about is the mom storyline, where he was trying to find his mom, and over and over again he kept failing. Like, you saw him in his little notebook, and eventually he gave up. But then he finds out really where his mom is, and he goes there, and she doesn't want him. 
What do you guys think about that story arc and how that affected Billy? It surprised me completely. I didn't think that she was going to really come out with that and say, I did this on purpose. I left you with the cops on purpose for a reason because I couldn't take care of you. And I felt like not only did that crush the character, but it kind of crushed you inside. Like, it was definitely a heartbreaker. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because that, I think, really set the tone for the movie, again, being light. It had those moments of depth and true heart and sadness and heartache. And you're like, wow, I can't imagine, especially me being a parent, I can't imagine just leaving my kid at a carnival and knowing that they're just gone. I understand they want to make a better life for them. There's adoption. There's other things they could do. And that was another theme of the movie was, was, you know, adopted families. That family isn't blood. Family is who you choose. And that was a family theme that I thought, and choice. Family and choice, I think, were the two biggest themes because he had to choose whether to be good or evil. And that was what made you worthy was did you choose to be good or evil? And in the end, you know, he obviously chose to be good. And the whole themes of family all throughout, at the very end when he says, I'm home, he finally does the family prayer with everybody. And I just think it was a beautiful moment for that movie. His mom was a big aspect in it, too, because if he hadn't found her, if he hadn't been rejected by her, I don't think he would have faced the guy at the end. No, he wouldn't have. the whole reason that he went back is because he realized, wow, I was wrong. They were my family all along, and I just screwed them over. You know, Mm -hmm. I just left them with this man that I know is going to hurt them, and that's when he decided, okay, i got to step up, and i got to do what I can to save everyone. Yeah, he might have just continued searching for the mom, but then if he hadn't found her... And that's a good point to bring up because if he hadn't, who knows what would have happened. But since he did, it ended that arc for him. And he said, you know what? I don't have a family here, but I've got a family that does want me. Well, I felt like also how at the beginning he didn't really consider this group home or this foster home as his family because he didn't know who they are. They were. But as soon as they, he found out that they were trying to help him, I think he finally realized these people really care about me. Yeah. And that, I feel like that had a lot, of do, a lot to do with the Shazam family coming together in general. Yeah, absolutely. They, they were all about, let's take care of one another. Definitely. We weren't wanted by other people, but that doesn't mean we don't have any worth. What, what did you guys think of all the Santa like running jokes towards the end? Uh, it was really funny. I liked how he's sitting there at a mall, and a little girl's on his lap, and she's sitting there telling him what she wants and whatnot, and he sits there and says, I'll take care of you, I'll be there for you, <laughs> type of thing. And as soon as, like, the bad guys fall down from the ceiling, he Bolts. takes off running. Yeah. And, <laughs> and the little girl's just like, what the heck, type of thing. And it was just, I don't know, it was really funny. Santa was definitely an interesting little character that they added to the whole movie. Um, as far as the Superman cameo at the end, what did you guys think of that? I thought it was brilliant. I mean, this whole time, he kind of, the crippled kid, he almost acted like he, they used each other in a way. Like, yeah, they were friends, but he was so excited. He had been idolizing superheroes his whole life, and now he finally got to be friends with one, and he wanted to use it to his popularity, you know? He was, he was jealous. He had so much envy, and... For him to to do that for him at the end, to invite Superman out to lunch so that the kids would stop picking on him. You know, yeah. Definitely just, taught the boys a lesson. Yeah, it really, it really showed how much he cared for him, you know, that he was willing to kind of swallow his pride to help his friend out. 
Well, I thought it was really cool that they had that, too, because it kind of bridges the universes together more than just seeing the Batman toys and the other things. You actually get to see Superman. Back on what Marissa was saying about how he wanted him kind of all to himself and how he wanted him to kind of show show off for him because he had his own superhero, I think that just kind of stems back to he's a kid. You know, that's kind of how kids think, and they're kind of selfish, and they kind of think of them themselves when it comes to certain things like that and especially at that age he wasn't thinking how can we save the day he was thinking right my friends are gonna think this is so cool right well then he's doing the money thing with rocky to get some extra cash the whole money thing and then even youtube videos yeah they were doing all this just for funds which is really what kids would do right i mean they would really just post it on youtube if they had powers powers do you have Let's see if you get shot with a bullet and don't die. I actually really love, yeah, hit him, shoot him in the face. <laughs> I remember that. That was one of the best. That's totally a kid thing. They yeah, he's like, wait, what? And then boom. Oh. Um, no, I absolutely love that. Um, 100%. So uh, the next thing I want to talk about is Worthy. Was Billy Batson worthy to take on the mantle of Shazam? Or do you think he was just the last kid that they had time for? Yeah, I don't think that he was worthy. I don't think that he was the... Because every single child that came through, they kept saying, you're not worthy, you're not worthy. And here he is, you know, breaking into police records. And I, I know it was for good heart and good reason, but he was still doing these things that were not really the worthiest things to do, especially, like, uh, when he stole the... What was it? The Please bullet? Come. Was it the bullet? Yeah, he stole oh, a yeah. kid's bullet. Yeah, I mean, Freddy's he, bullet. Yeah, so he, he, he probably did that to get money out of it. Yeah. I mean, they didn't really go into that. Well, I think but, they did kind of mention that he was going to sell it, I think. But that's not a really worthy thing to do. No. So I think it came finally down to that time where they're like, yeah, we, we seriously need someone or the world is done for. Yeah, I, so. I think for him that he wasn't worthy... But he became worthy after getting the powers by the end. When he had finally said, I'm done with my past. It's time to embrace the future. Because he was a good kid at heart, like you said. He just made bad choices out of his past. Out of trying to be alone all the time. And now with him trying to be worthy. Um, So for me, I think he was worthy by the end of the film. Once he had said goodbye to his past and embraced his future. Because again, he was good at heart. He was only doing bad things because of his past. Now he's doing good things because of his future. And he's, got, he's surrounding himself with positive influences, and I think that helps, too. He definitely earned his worthiness and his place to be Shazam, honestly, in the end. At the beginning, he was just doing it for selfish reasons, but I feel like towards the end, he totally switched the way he was thinking and m- didn't make it about himself anymore. He made it about everyone else. Right. And I think going on, um, using that point to lead into our next topic, is... Dr. Savannah, uh, played by the brilliant Mark Strong. I love him in everything I see. He plays a great bad guy. So with this, his storyline really makes him a tragic character because imagine being a child and all of a sudden you're getting told, oh, you can have these powers, you can have this, and all of a sudden being told, oh, no, you can't, you're not good enough. And then you have evil whispering in your ear saying, you're good enough for power. Let's seek it elsewhere. And it really makes him kind of a tragic character. I mean, even his dad, played by... John Glover, who we all know at this table from Lionel Luther from Smallville, who plays the worst of dads ever <laughs> in this movie and in Smallville. The best of worst dads. Yeah. The yes, best of definitely. worst dads, yes. He, he gets that award. 
but yes, yeah, so his storyline I think makes him a really tragic character because he is that kid who has a bad dad who is told he's not good by the magic shaman Shazam and then tries to seek out power so he can try to claim it for himself because that's what he's been the only people who gave him any kind of encouragement was evil and so again I think this movie really comes down to one of the themes of choice About it's not about if you're good or evil it's about what you choose to be and I think that was one of the main morals of the story one of the things I really liked seeing was the Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter references especially when the kids like Hadouken I thought that was great or just seeing Mortal Kombat in general. And I think he even played as, Shaz- or Shazam played as Raiden, you know, which yeah. is kind of funny because lightning and lightning. He did. I love the Shazam family moment. That's definitely my favorite scene from the entire film. One of the funniest moments is definitely from that when he says, say my name, and they all say Billy. Billy. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was great. He says, no, no, the name I say to turn into this. So my question is, and it kind of leads into this, is because they call him like, what, Captain Sparkle Fingers yeah. and all these different names and different ones. I might be a little bit off on that. But they never once call him Shazam, except during that during that end. So how does Shazam tell like the public that's my name, whenever they call him all these different names? He's got to write it down and say this is my name. And they're like, why can't you just <laughs> say it? To a reporter. And he's like, because I'll shrink. Because isn't see my true identity? Yeah, I'll see my true identity. I can't show you that. <laughs> that's so funny. It says a child and not like yeah. you know an adult when you when they try to hide their identity. Yeah. Well, I'm surprised that they even tried to hide the identity. You would think it'd be like a Facebook profile. Like, yeah, I could turn it into both. I mean, they kind of showed that with the YouTube thing, but yeah. So what I want to talk about now is uh, final scores. Like, We kind of talked about all the main talking points we want to, the non-spoilers and the spoilers. Post-credit? Oh, yeah, the two post-credit scenes. One was the doctor, uh, Savannah, being talked to by some unknown in the jail cell, making it seem like he could come back or there's another evil out there. I do know that... Dwayne The Rock Johnson has been cast as Black Adam, who's kind of his evil doppelganger in a way. Like, almost every superhero has. You know, like, you've got the Flash, and you've got Reverse Flash, and yeah. you've got Superman, Bizarro. And so this is kind of his doppelganger. And this He was announced as a cast member. He was supposed to, I think, even be in this movie, but then they cut him because it just didn't work story-wise. I think so. So I think he's going to be in the sequel. Or they may give Dwayne The Rock Johnson his own Black Adam film before, but I don't know for sure. Interesting. A score out of 10, what would you guys rate this? I'd give it an 8. 8.5. Probably 8.5. I'd say 8.5 as well. I think it was just what DC needed. And when you look at the way that DC has handled some of these movies, again with the dark tones, and they're, I mean, when you look at Marvel, they built up all the Avengers and then had the Avengers. With DC, they had Man of Steel, Batman vs. Superman, which wasn't as well received. I liked it, but... Then you had Suicide Squad, which has nothing to do with the Justice League as their third film when they're trying to build. They only had five films before Justice League, and they chose one of those to be not related at all, which means they really had four films. I feel like they're finally starting to learn like where they're going, the direction that they want to go with the DCEU, finally. Mm-hmm. like Because they've had separate films. They've had that, but I feel like this kind of like is a new beginning, kind of. I hope so, because I think DC has a great wealth of characters and storylines that have that are you know thirty plus years older than Marvel in some cases, and when you think of it like that, I mean Batman just turned what seventy or seventy five, so something like that. To be honest, they kind of have the biggest of big super Batman yeah. and Superman are like top, yeah. top two, yeah. honestly. 
Yeah. Well, did you guys know that Justice League was the lowest reviewed and or lowest box office movie? I should say. Sorry, Didn't not lowest that. reviewed. Lowest box office performance of the entire DCEU. The that's one that's supposed to be the big one. I think they're just fine. It didn't make sense as a storyline. I liked it, but I'm a fanboy. I liked a lot of it, <laughs> but like you but said, I know you mean. it didn't. It didn't have a flow to it. The you, whole universe. Yeah, yeah, you watch the MCU, and it all makes sense. You watch them in an order, and everything pieces together everything was standalone with dc so it didn't really make sense to put the big movie right right in the middle before you even got any of all of the main characters their own standalone film yeah we it's true i think that the because it sounds like what they're doing is they're moving away from the justice league crossover type film and they're just telling a bunch of side stories like the joker film this year doesn't even take place in the dceu we've talked about that outside of the podcast and then they have Harley Quinn coming back for a, a pseudo or Birds of Prey movie, and that I'm interested in. I'm excited uh, for plus that. Plus, they're doing Suicide Squad two, and some uh, they're doing a new Batman movie, and I think it's gonna be him younger because Ben Affleck bowed out now, because he said we just couldn't crack the story that I was happy with. So it'd be very interesting to see what DC does with this new film going forward. All right, well with that, I just want to say thank you guys so much for listening. If you've made it this far. Look forward to us. Uh, we're, we're on Facebook and Twitter, and we will be showing you our Star Wars episode next. So until next time, nerd on.